Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The biggest argument you and I ever got in, which you know because you were there, was over a cup of tea. And I remember really being upset, like really distraught at how you were handling the situation. And you were obviously equally distraught about how I was handling the situation. And I remember as, because we were on our way to a vacation, a very rare at the time vacation, and I actually exited the freeway and got back going back home because I was like, we were arguing yeah, what's the point? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I am here with the love of my life, Lisa Bilyeu, and we are going to be talking about three things that we found shocking about being in a long-term relationship. These are the things that if you don't get right, your relationship is in trouble, my friends. So here we go. We're each going to throw... Well, I'm going to throw one out. You're going to throw two. Yeah. We haven't told each other yet. No, we have not. What we found surprising in our relationship, this is even super exciting, and for people that may not know, we've been together for 20 years, so to give context, all right. If you don't have what I'm about to say on your list, I'm going to be mortified. Ah, So these better overlap, to be honest with you. I'm so curious. Yeah, you ready? All right, yeah. You're going to know the truth of this. I'm the first one, right? Oh, you want to go first? Yeah. All right, do it. Uh, What you got? (laughs) Um, All right, so the importance of being selfish. Word. I. You're gonna have to tell people what you mean, though. They're gonna be very. So, I never thought the importance of being selfish would be one of the most fundamental things that you must have in a relationship. I always thought it was the other way around. Give everything. Do you think being selfish is more important, or is it just surprising that selfish is a part of the equation? Ooh, I think it is absolutely the most fundamental thing that you need to do. So it's more important to you. Than what? Than the unity, the coming together, the sharing of uh, an experience, a life of... Oh, interesting. Making sure the other person is attended to. If I have to to be forced to. Is this like a put your mask on before you... Yes, and I know you hate it, but it's true. Why would you think I hate that? That's insanity. I think you're wrong about the relationship, but I get the analogy. So here's the thing. Think about me and you in the times where we were probably at our like most head to head. It was, if I have to really think about it, it was when I was really sick. Mm. So my emotions, mm. right? So I wasn't stable. My emotions, my hormones, I had such, for people at home, I had massive gut issues. I just could barely eat. So for a couple of years, I was definitely malnutritioned and um, lack of nutrients and things like that. So when I think about how I showed up in our relationship, I didn't show up as like a happy, like excited, let's do this. And that's just a um, 
almost analogy of if you don't take care of yourself, right? If you're not looking after yourself, if you're not happy, if you're not driven, have that spark to bring to the relationship, what ends up happening, I think, is looking at our relationship when I was sick was we wouldn't have, we didn't have that interconnectedness. We didn't have that like abundance of taking care of each other and love and joy and happiness. So if you're forcing me, while it's not romantic, I actually do think it is 100% important to be selfish in the sense of taking care of yourself, what makes you happy so that you can show up to be happy in that relationship. Word. It's interesting. I think we define the importance of selfish slightly differently. So where I thought you were going, which I think is also very important, is you actually need to carve time out for yourself. So not just self-care, but like for sanity's sake to be in a relationship and not, because to some extent you do become a unit and there is a forfeiture of the sort of self as a solo identity. But I think that, I mean, just at sort of like a basic level, there's stuff you like to do that the other person doesn't like to do. And to maintain sanity for a long period of time, you need to carve out selfish time. I sort of thought you were going. But now, that is what I meant. So that's it's interesting. So then let me say how I interpret oh, if, yeah. If I had to put different words to what you said, um, I would say you have to be fun to be around, which is something... You're saying that's what I was saying. I'm saying that's how I interpret that element of a relationship, which I think is very important. And you taught me that, and it was a very powerful lesson about if you're going to share a life, there is some amount of like, this should be really fun. And that each of us has an obligation, not in a horrible way, but each of us has an obligation to like do the work to make sure that you can show up and be fun to be around. Um, And I do mean that though, by being selfish to make yourself happy. So do something that makes yourself happy. Don't care about the other person. Go and do what makes you happy. So me and you, we carve out, like you said, selfish time, right? So in those two hours. Yes, 100%. Sorry. I get, no, I get it's just me, it's all me, I get excited, I've spent time with myself. So when when I say self-care, I actually don't mean take a bath. If you want, go take a bath. But I just mean do something for you, what you enjoy, because that makes you happy. So then you end up turning up in the relationship, happy to be around and fun to be around. Word. So then, I wasn't sure if you want to go on. No, I'm, I'm about that. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting. One of the surprising things that I discarded was the need to define terms because it's interesting how you can feel like you're, you can either feel like you're saying different things, but you're actually saying the same thing, or you can actually be saying different things and think you're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it causes like a total derailment. And so to sneak one in, uh, I had discarded the idea that defining important terms took me by surprise. Like I didn't realize just how far people can be miscommunicating all the while thinking they're saying the same thing. But anyway, that's a cheeky one. Oh, I love that one though. I have an even better. Yes. Only because we are, we're limited. Right. <laughs> so the one that I went with was you have to get beyond the T and explain people. Yes, what the tea th- is. definitely. This will not make sense to anybody who is joining us for the first time. Uh, the biggest argument you and I ever got in which you know because you were there, was over a cup of tea. And I remember really being upset, like really distraught at how you were handling the situation. 
And you were obviously equally distraught about how I was handling the situation. And I remember as, because we were on our way to a vacation, a very rare at the time vacation, and I actually exited the freeway and got back going back home because I was like, we were arguing yeah, what's the point? So, and to give a very quick t context, I wanted a cup of tea before we went on our trip. Yes. You were annoyed that I wanted a cup of tea before we went on our trip. And just from a blanket, that's what we argued about for intensely to the point we were screaming at each other yes. so much, guys, that literally he turned the car around on the freeway on our way to a vacation. That's how bad the argument got. Very true. So in that moment that I turned around, I realized, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like finally that voice in your head is screaming so loud. Like there's something wrong here. There's no way that you're this mad about a cup of tea. And I was so worried that we would miss that opportunity for the weekend that I started running like a thought in my head. Like, what am I, I actually am upset. Like I'm not being um, internally inconsistent with, if you understood the way that I understood the world, you would feel the same way. It was one of those moments where I'm like, no, 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 this really does make sense, but it isn't about the tea. And so realizing that when you're arguing, you're almost never arguing about the thing you're arguing about. You're actually arguing about something else, right? So getting to that thing, which is almost always a base assumption or an insecurity. Like you have a base assumption about the world, right? I believe the world should be this way. In a relationship, people should be this way. Mm -hmm. When you go on vacation that you rarely take, you should have a get cup out of the tea door immediately I... <laughs> so that you can make the most out of the and money that's how you the spend. Started. Right. You can make the most out of the money that you spend. And for you, it was like, I just want to decompress and have my cup of tea and I love it. And so that was revolutionary in our relationship, first of all, because now we catch that so fast mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, you obviously have a base assumption that's different than mine. So we'll even say in an, in an argument, now usually before it escalates to something that we would call an argument, a disagreement, where we'll say, what's your base assumption? Or we're at the T. Like, yeah, we're at where, the T. Where, where, yeah. What is this really about? Like, and we have gotten to the point where we've gotten so good at articulating either the base assumption or just being like, yo, you're making, you're triggering my insecurity around this. And the fact that we can say that out loud because we never weaponize it was a game changer. And that's one that I'll always be like, oh man, I'm so glad we came to that relatively early on. Because if we didn't, and that's what I wanna like kind of emphasize the importance of that, because if we didn't, you end up just keep on arguing about the tea and the next time it's about the coffee and the next time it's about whatever, but you never end up actually figuring out what the problem is. And when you're in a relationship for 20 years, that's what ends up, I think, breaking the camel's back, right? Where it's like- Yeah, you don't get to 20 years if you, you stay at the tea. Yeah, but you don't actually ever understand. You're like, we're always arguing. Yes. Like, like he doesn't get me or she doesn't get me. Or and she is spiteful. Because it, what do you mean when, like, when I looked at what you were doing through my lens, it seemed so disrespectful. And so, like I said, I was being internally consistent. Like I felt justified in my reaction. Like I was thinking through, nope, it is what she's doing is as crazy as I think it is. Because we were going on vacation. Because I assumed you saw the world the way I did. Mm -hmm. But once you realize the person doesn't see the world the way that you do, they have a different base assumption. Like, so for me, it was all about like, I never take time off work and to optimize vacation 
in my world, which I had never realized I even had an assumption or rules around it. It was all unconscious. But in my world, if you take a vacation, when you rarely take a vacation and you have very little money and you're spending money on a hotel, like you better call ahead, make sure they'll let you into the room as early as humanly possible, that you time the drive so that you leave, so that you can get there like five minutes before they'll let you in the room so that you're getting the most out of every dollar, right? But I didn't realize that I had this sort of group of assumptions. So now imagine if you did see the world the same way and you're still drinking the tea and now you're just like, burning money. What motherfucker? Looking over, <laughs> you know, your tea at me. It was like, I can't That's believe. What you thought, right. Yeah. So the second you realize, oh my God, like they just, they have a whole different set of assumptions about what a vacation is and wanting to start relaxed. Suddenly I could see like, yeah, my way actually doesn't make sense. Like I'm so tense about maximizing the vacation that like I can't even relax and have fun. But when it's an automatic program running and you don't realize you're doing it, it all just, and I say this a lot when I'm teaching, people are mistaking an emotion for objective truth. Mm. And <laughs> I just never questioned my emotion. It just seems so real. It seems so self-evidently true that I should be upset about the tea. And so it becomes that death So spiral. how would you then advise people to start um, knocking down those assumptions. Like if we're saying, right, like we didn't expect that that was one of the, one of the most fundamental things for us to be able to have a 20 year relationship. Um, how would you even suggest someone starts with a tackle? You ready? I, I don't think the world agrees with me on this one. You might, but I don't know. You have to distrust yourself. What do you mean by that? <sighs> I got this idea from Jordan Peterson and I thought it was brilliant. And he said, when you're thinking about World War II, don't think that you would hide Anne Frank in your attic. Assume that you would be a Nazi guard. And I was like, oh God. But all of a sudden, when you realize that you can be stupid, that you can be blind, that you can be ignorant, manipulated, all of that, then it's like, whoa. You start to just look askance at I feel like this is right. And then now I'll pair it with um, Ray Dalio and his idea in principles. And, you know, he builds this huge hedge fund only to go broke and like just goes on national TV and calls his shot, ends up being so catastrophically wrong that it destroys his entire business, his reputation, everything. And he realizes I have to start asking myself a fundamental question. I think I'm right, but how do I know I'm right? And so in an argument, I distrust myself. So when I feel right, right, like there is no way, there's nothing she could possibly say, like I've run all the scenarios, there's nothing you could say that will make me realize the error of my ways. Mm -hmm. When I feel like that, I'm at my most distrustful, where I'm like, guaranteed you're missing something. And so because I distrust myself, I open the space for me to say, what's this really about? Mm. What am I really, can I articulate it? Because if I can't put words to it, and my sort of pact with myself that we do with each other is, I'm actually going to say it out loud to you. I'm angry because, oh, actually I'm angry because you're making me insecure. You're making me feel unloved, unwanted, unpowerful, whatever my shtick is, right? So, and wow, that's interesting. You um, slamming my refrigerator door makes me feel you know, X, Y, Z way. Like, wow, that's so interesting. Now I know why I'm actually annoyed. This isn't about the refrigerator door. This is about something else. And it comes from a very tactical 
distrust. I'm not crippled by distrust. I love myself. I know I would never be a Nazi guard, but it's like when you operate from a position of mm, like, it's probably best to eye this with through the lens of you're probably wrong. At least like run that thought experiment. Mm. Hey, if you were wrong, why would you be wrong? Yeah, I God, I love that so much. The tricky thing is, or not tricky, but this comes back to partner selection, right? Because you have a partner that wants you to do good. So it's not that I'm like, yeah, you're wrong, and like trying to highlight it. Because if, if you were in a relationship where someone would do that, I would understand why they would never ask, why am I wrong? Because now everyone's just looking for you to be wrong. It becomes a blame game, and that then doesn't solve anything. So. I think that's so strong when you're with someone that can also be the voice of reason that you know you can trust and saying if you're right or wrong versus um, not for their own ego, but for the better of the relationship. Homie, preach. That is <laughs> gospel. Gospel. Um, All right. That was two, right? That was two. All right. What's your third? All right. Um, I wasn't quite sure how to frame this, but it was something that I was like, it's almost let go of all expectations. Go on. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to frame it. Mm -hmm. But, um, so it's, in fact, two competing ideas. Let go of all expectations and have a couple of really strong ones that you never let go of. So my- Why? So my expectation, for instance, maybe expectation isn't the right word, is when I marry you, I expect you to never hit me and never cheat on me. Mm -hmm. Those are my expectations that I have on you. I will never let go. You betray either of those, you know I'm out the door. But every other expectation of what a husband should be, what a wife should be, Mm. what type of life you should lead, um, I think can lead people into a life that they actually don't want. So for instance, I had every expectation that my first year of marriage was going to be the best. Really? Everyone says the first year of marriage is the best. Who says that? What? It's like the Oh yeah, the honeymoon phase. You're right, you're right, you're right. I take it all back. Clearly. (laughs) Just because for us, for us it so wasn't. wasn't. So like I've built this model of the world where like who on earth would think that? First year was fucking terrible. Not terrible, but it was hard. Yeah. So but that was the thing, right? So it's and then when I think about general expectations, I think it sets people up for Failure. So when I think about mothers, for instance, there's been, you know, they, oh, as soon as you have the baby, you're going to love it. It's going to be the apple of your eye. And then the thing that I found is a lot of women have to bond with the child. And it's not that first moment. And so the expectation of it makes them feel shitty, mm-hmm. makes them start to think, am I not a good mother? And the same thing in a marriage is that if you have a certain of ex- expectation of that marriage and it doesn't match it, you start, for me, start to wonder, is he... I didn't think, are you the right person? But it was like, this is supposed to be amazing. Like, if my first year isn't amazing, what the fuck? Like, all these other expectations, and then it becomes almost fearful. So, for me and you, though, our marriage, our first year of marriage wasn't the best. It was, in fact, one of the worst. And I think... I think it was the worst year of our marriage, but it's like, it was still... I mean, amazing isn't the right word, but it like, right. it, it wasn't was like hardest. we were ever like, God, do we want to keep doing this? Right. But looking back, yes, it yeah. was the hardest year of our marriage. And especially because I gave up so much to move to America. Mm. So there was a lot that came with that that didn't come with you, right? So first year of marriage for me wasn't just 
being in a relationship and married right. in America, it was, I left my family, I have zero friends, I can't drive, I don't have a job. I literally would sit there and wait for you to come home every single day mm. because I had nothing else to do. And so that became, I think, a bad setup for our relationship of me just depending on you to bring home an emotion for me to feel. So it was like- Oh, that's fucking heavy. I don't think you've ever said it like that. Like, I get it. I've always understood that. But that is almost poetic. Hmm. I dig it. Thank you. But it, um, I mean, now it's like, it's, it's easy to look back and say that, but it was very hard. Um, if you were in a bad mood, you came home, then I picked up your bad mood. And if you were in a good mood, then I was in a great mood. Hmm. Um, but it was very difficult. And having an expectation of what a marriage is... Um, I just didn't think set me up for success. Um, and then just going into more of our relationship as we were together for longer and longer, me having or having the expectation that I was going to be a wife and a mother and then having to then go, oh, well, I actually don't want children. Like, but the, he expects me to have kids now because we've spoken about kids. And so now that expectation is like almost forcing me to not be who I truly want to be. And so that's why I was like, wow, it's not just a little moment. It really does span our entire relationship. Money. That one was money. I wasn't sure in the beginning. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But you I got me there. The you got me there in the end. That was really good. All right, guys. This is what we're doing. We're trying to help you guys learn easily what we learned through a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, have an amazing Life, relationship, we need an outro, but there it is. <laughs> All right, everybody, peace out. Till next nice. time. Later.